Nope, there it is. Hey, ha! Charles McFall here, EMS Underground. Uh, my computer is not showing that uh, I was broadcasting to the right place, so I do apologize. Uh, as you can see, kind of got a little bit of a different setup today. Uh, uh, as, as we do, nothing stays the same here at Georgia Institute of EMS. And I am uh, uh, in the side studio. We've redone it to where my office is now going to be behind me, as you can see here in this big shot. Uh, I've got the side studio good on behind. Oh, yeah, so I mute my own thing. And then uh, uh, we've got the recording studio right next to it. So I can get the door shut. It's a nice little private area. Uh, it works a little better and leaves that walkthrough there uh, open. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, yeah, let's see, see if I move this around to get a little better shot here. Because uh, I'm going to be playing off of the tablet today. Because I am it today. Tom has gone. And uh, I did change up my microphone as well. Because we're in this new room. There's nothing on the wall. So it's a little echoey. And it drives me a little crazy. But that's all right. We're, it's all a, a process. So two big things happened this week. I went to the instructor update. Now this is the same instructor update that I went to in Savannah. And, you know, Tom and I came back and we had a whole lot of things to say about what was going on in Savannah and how David uh, presented it, David Newton and what we thought he was going to be doing and where he wanted to go. And so we decided, hey, there's one almost literally in our backyard. It's figuratively in our backyard because it's about three blocks away. But, you know, almost literally in our backyard. Right. So we need to go. We need to go and keep pushing on this. What's up, Nathan? How's it going, man? Uh, so we need, we need to keep pushing on this topic. We need to, to keep arguing against certain things and, and see how things have changed. And sure enough, lots of big changes from Savannah. So I will talk about that. We'll talk about what's going on with that. And then, uh, today I went to the region three EMS council meeting and for the most part, standard reports on, on, you know, Grants are due for, uh, I think, the Trauma Council by December 1st. If you've got stuff you want to get done, there's ambulance uh, equipment grants out there. Uh, all this, you know, standard reporting on this, and that's the end of the year, right? This is the last meeting for 2019, and uh, it, it, it was very interesting time there. So I went back to the big shot here just so, I don't know, it's kind of a cool studio look. It's got this feel to it, and I want to focus down on uh my computer here for just a moment and i'm gonna pull up my notes these notes are on the phone uh so i had that today but the interesting thing here at uh, the meeting today was grady had to do another report and we're still dragging the cab through the reporting process right to cab county and the rfp is still not closed when originally it was supposed to be closed uh late spring early summer but I've got information on all of that as well. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about that. Now, before I move on, as you know, if you are a Patreon, Patreon, a patron, I'll say it right here in a second. If you are, can I do No, it doubles up. All right. That'd be nice if they made it to where it's swapped. But if you're a patron over at 911 Studios, that's Patre uh, Patreon. Dang it. I don't even have it spelled right in the stupid header. I just real realized that. But it's Patreon.com. And uh, I am going to see if I can't edit. I cannot edit that while I'm live. Crap. Uh, how about I long press it? Because this is, this is killing me. I got to fix this. And that is not the right site. I cannot believe that I've done this this long. 
Why the Patreon.com 911 Studios. All right. And there it is. Uh, if you're a patron, you will get the ad free version of this show uh, by all means. And it's uh, the same content, just without me talking about Patreon as much and uh, or talking about uh, what I'm about to talk about. This show is brought to you by grasshopper.com. Grasshopper is for all of us entrepreneurs in this space, right, in this world that uh, need a phone, right? But we're on the ambulances where we, we have our side businesses. We've got our hustles going on. We've got bigger plans, but we need that business phone. So if you go to grasshopper.com, uh, let's try grasshopper.com forward slash EMS underground, you'll get $50 off on your order. So that's a try grasshopper.com slash EMS underground, and that will help us out and that will help out, uh, help you out hopefully in your business. Uh, again, we're in 911 studios here and I am about to throw down some info. What's up, Bridget? How's it going? Now, one more thing before I carry on here. We have, we do have a National Registry Advanced Psychomotor coming up. And we, I think, I think, I think we're still looking for preceptors and proctors rather. Uh, so if you are interested, we need A's and P's, right? Advanced and paramedics to be proctors for our test and we'll feed you if it goes that long sometimes it's done really fast and we don't get to the lunch time but you also get paid no matter what uh so uh there is some limited room for emts as well to to volunteer now it's very limited on what emts can do as preceptors or proctor i keep mixing those words up it's not the right word you're not a preceptor you're a proctor uh so it's, it's definitely limited on what emts can do to proctor an exam uh, but we definitely still need patients, right? We need people to come in and be bodies. So if you are interested in helping out with that, email me, charles at gaims.com, and we'll get you that information and see. And i got to check with Vanessa and see if we actually still need people, but I think we're still looking for people. So uh, just because you apply doesn't mean you'll get to teach or get to proctorate, but uh, if you're interested, let us know. All right, all right, all right. So the good, good, good stuff going on here. So <laughs> the EMS update, the instructor update. I went in there. It was at Legion Field. And uh, let me pull up. Where is the notes? I, I, it automatically put my notes from today on there. Is that? No, I got it backwards. The notes from today are on my phone. The notes... Ah, yes, the notes from that day are on my computer. Okay, so uh, I walked in expecting to see David Newton, right? And, and I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I was looking to give him some help. I was looking forward to kind of poking at him a little bit, going, oh, you still think paramedics need to have degrees on everything, David? You hadn't had enough grief about that? Uh, so David was not there. <laughs> uh, he got called away to do uh, another meeting. And I know he is the head of the EMS. Uh, he's the EMS director for the state of Georgia. However, title is. Somebody called him Dr. Newton today and then immediately corrected it to Mr. Newton. I think technically he has a PhD, I think. But uh, a medical doctor was like, no, I'm going to call him Mr. Newton. So he was not there. Uh, and But I think he 
which has been changed. So it's, uh, in the original update that Tom and I and everybody else here at the school went to, it went almost immediately to instructor levels. And I mean, glossed over a whole lot of stuff. And, oh, here's the, the Gemsys Elite system that people are doing reports in. Just moved on and jumped to here's how you're going to teach. And it was just a lot of information, a lot of fast stuff. Uh, some stuff that Tom wasn't clear about. He wanted me to get some clarification on. And then, of course, it gets into the the accreditation. And originally, uh, uh, originally, uh, it sounded like it was David's idea. He wasn't very clear that there was a national standard that had been released, a new update to the national standards, and that that was their recommendation. So uh, he he so it very much felt like Georgia. I mean, I immediately I'm raising my hand, going, "Wait a minute! You just said lots of little schools can't afford accreditation. We all know there's a problem with staffing in the state of Georgia, right? We are short-handed. We need more people on the trucks. So, and now you're saying you want to go to accreditation, and and he was kind of mixing his messages. I don't think he intended to. I I don't know David that well. But I'm going to go with what's said in that moment. And that's why I'm asking for clarification, and I'm pushing on it. And I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I pushed that he he got defensive and he pushed back, and it was a mess. And Tom and I reported on that. You can go check out that episode. Uh, so we get in there now, and I think it's Julie is her name. Uh, I believe I think that was her name. I'm sorry that I I didn't write it down, uh, but that uh, she was very intentional on. This is the system. This is how it needs to work. We need to teach Nemesis recording. Uh, well, actually, it's Gemsys, right? It's a Georgia version, but it reports in Nemesis with this national EMS information system. And you can go look at uh, Nemesis.org uh, and, and the different things that they have going on there. That's where they collect data on a national level. And she she really did a great job on explaining what's going on with reporting and why we need it, where the data dictionary comes from for, for, and that's the thing with EMS underground. I like to ask the questions and for all of us to kind of come together and find the answers. Right. And I've always been great at being the loud mouth. I've always been great at saying, Hey, I'm going to say what I believe everybody else is thinking. And even if they're not thinking it, I sure as hell am thinking it. So I'm going to say it. And a lot of times it turns out a lot of people are thinking it. Right. So, uh, that's what I do with my voice at the meetings. That's what I do with my voice here on the show. I'm going to ask the questions. And, you know, one of the questions I had there that I didn't bother to ask was, why do I care as an instructor about elite and all this reporting that you just glossed over? We don't teach documentation very well in schools. It's a, it's a very small chapter. The lab is lumped in with other stuff. And that's really an HR thing. That's really, to me, uh, uh, thank you, Nathan, for sending an email. That is really, to me, uh, an orientation thing. I remember having many jobs in my career and each of those wanted me to document a little bit differently. Now they use the same form, right? But when I was in school, I learned a stick figure form when I got out of school. And as I was getting out of school, they had the long red form and I did that. And I remember when we went to the short red form that was done, you know, had all this extra stuff on it. So I, I, I went through some of these transition changes. I did not stay in the field long enough for it to transfer to the digital forms. So, yeah, while we still use the same form, one company wanted me to use SOT. One company wanted me to make sure I dotted in these dots in this certain way, but these dots don't worry about them. It, it, it was a little bit of a mixed message. So I've always had the opinion that documentation is an HR problem. 
that is an orientation issue. That is not the case. They really want us to teach this universal documentation because it makes our students more hireable, which I'll be honest, sure, as an instructor, I want my students to know they're going to get a job when they get out of here. Uh, but it also, as as instructors, as data analysts, as people who we get the results of this these studies first because we have to teach it in Con Ed and we have to teach it in initial education. So she did a really good job explaining why we need to fill out these boxes, how these boxes, why they're different. And I love teaching people how to do things correctly. I, I, I enjoyed that. So I enjoyed that part of it. And now I started making notes of, oh, we can do this kind of, we need to expand our class. We need to do a two hour lecture on how to document because one documentation is legally important, right? That is, that is very much what we need to be aware of. Uh, uh, you know, so if we go to court, that kind of thing. And so, uh, but beyond that, I should have put this on. Do not disturb. <laughs> At least muted it. You know, that was my bad, yo. Uh, so we, we need to teach documentation for that, but also with the science, you know, Nemesis and Gemsis, Gemsis is a Georgia EMS information system and Nemesis is the national EMS information system. Those systems are identifying true areas of trouble, right? Issues where where there's more occurrence of opioid abuse or issues of response times or, you know, uh, stroke and how much we need to educate this part of the, the state on stroke and fast. And, and maybe we have, you know, you get what I'm saying. So that's important. And we as instructors need that information because then we're going to build the con ed. On it, so then we get it back to you of going. Here are the updates. Here's the stuff that we've learned since you last learned something two years ago, that kind of thing. So it was very informative, and we spent a lot of time on that. And that was very good. And I made notes about uh, um, what we need to be doing as far as instructors on that. And then they're going to start putting on these these elite workshops. Elite is the system that they use to document. And schools are going to start having to use this. We talked about this before going, man, David just dropped the bomb on. Well, you have to put at least one team lead on everything in there. And, uh, and I went, bing, but EMTs don't do team leads. Well, they're going to now. Well, when? January 1st. I mean, he was very bulldog about it. Very, it very much rubbed me the wrong way. I still get mad when I think about it. I'm like, communication is, is, is our business, man. Uh, being paramedics, you might think, you know, oh, I need to know this, this acid base balance, or I might need to know the deepest level of each algorithm because I'm going to hear to save lives. No, you're here to communicate. You're here to figure out what the body is saying if they're unconscious, unresponsive interpret that and communicate that to the hospital and do some actions. You're here to convince the patients who need to go to the hospital that need to go. You're here to educate the public when they don't need to call 911. You know, take them to the hospital. I'm, I'm not telling you how to do your job. I am saying, you know, hey, you got a kid with a fever. The first question out of my mouth is, have you given them Tylenol? No. Well, I won't check the temperature. It's 101 degrees. Sure, that's a little bit of a fever. Give them some Motrin. Give them some Tylenol. We're here to educate. You know, there's all these things there. I didn't feel like David was doing a good job of that. I really didn't. Uh, however, this second run through, much better job. So they're going to be putting on uh, actual elite workshops once they get schools into the elite system so that we can have our students document things. It is free. Yes, they're going to start adding team leads to EMTs in advance, but the language is now changed to sometime next year. 
You know, it's not January 1st, and, and that means that, uh, some of the language in the slides has been changed to proposed. This is the proposed way we're going to do things. So that, I mean, they've done the two Savannah. They've done two others, I think, since then, before they got to, to Newton County. So I'm sure they've had a lot of feedback, a lot of pushback. I did get called out a little bit. I don't know if she meant to do it or if it, it just triggered, but she started to say uh, when we got to the paramedic degrees, right? Uh which uh, I will get back to that in a second. I'll get back to that in a second because I want to go through my notes here. Uh, but we talked about um, they're working on getting educational into institutions into this. And it's going to be a separate elite system, right? Kind of a sandbox because our reports don't need to be linked to the hospital and to the patients and all that. They're student reports. They're going to have mistakes. They're going to be somewhat poorly written because it takes time and practice to get that report stopped on there. So uh, it, it, they're working on it. So once the schools get in, then they're going to do these workshops so that we can then learn how to teach our students. But that gives their students practice. Now, they will need to do, once that's instituted, they'll need to do a team lead in there. Uh, if we want to use it for more, we can. Uh, supposedly, it does not connect to what well, we use, Platinum, or to what other people use, FizDAP, because those are not... KHEP compliant, compliant. They're not. They're not compliant with accreditation or with NIMSIS reporting. They're not compliant with NIMSIS reporting. I think is what it's saying. Um, so uh, that's a thing, right? So we're gonna have to teach kind of two different ways to do things. But it's okay. We can work that out here at our school. It's no big deal. Now Georgia will be re uh, requirements will be deepening the education programs, so we'll need to adjust classes. Right, they're going to be uh, this national standard. This national recommendation uh, came out. National standards recommendation came out, and it added things that levels could do, like EMT. And Georgia's not adopting all of them, and that's the thing. That's where it got crazy with David. That's where it drove me nuts. Is you're just going down with this, this, this. Well, you're not even doing all of it, and you're acting like you're taking credit for it. I just want to smack you in the face, man. It's so irritating because it's 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 one way. It's I am telling you what to do is what we're, without room for questions, without explanation. Again, the second one was a little bit better, but this national standard recommendation, Georgia is adopting some of it. Georgia is going to adopt uh, uh, a lot of it, actually. And so, like one of the things is EMTs will be, and I have to stress will because it's not adopted yet. You have to watch for the emails that go out saying this is now the new standard. It'll go to your places at your practice, your service providers, and then they'll adjust their protocols and they'll have in-services and those kind of things. But basically, EMTs will be able to transport pre-established INTs. Now, it wasn't clear that it was IVs, and I don't have it in front of me to go look at the slide, but a double basic truck, right, technically cannot transport a patient from a facility, one facility to another if they already have a IV put in place. It had to be DC'd first, and then they could take them. They still won't be able to do anything with it. They're still not going to hook up bags of fluid. They're not going to do any IV administration. Nothing like that yet. I say yet because things change in the future, but it will change to say you can transport them. Stuff like that. I mean, things are going on, those kind of things. Blood is on its way to the ambulance, hanging blood on a paramedic level. Uh, they're already doing, I think, some test runs in different regions here in Georgia. And that's a national standard that's been recommended. And that's 
they're moving towards that. Now, national standard is who recommended recommended accreditation for AEMT. Now, that also was not clear the first time around. David, I'm pretty sure David said all levels because Tom went right up and started. I mean, right at break, Tom it got in his face about accreditation and, and this and that and the other. Uh, but to be clear, the national standard is recommending advanced EMT being accredited at schools. Now, it's still going to take out a large section of AEMT educators because uh, I did make a comment about this. I will always make a comment about this. Uh, and I'll get to what this is in a second that I'm referring to. But it's the, the fees, the, the the expenses to get there. So some people, but the biggest base of education is EMT. That is the largest base people entering the field. Where it goes from there, I don't know why it pinpoints up. But that is part of the problem, right? It pinpoints up to where very few paramedics are graduating. You know, and then A's should be more prolific than they are. But that's where the accreditation recommendation comes from. Georgia State EMS office believes that it will happen in the future. Like it's going to be a federally mandated thing. The recommendation right now says January 1st, 2025. They're not sure that that's when it's going to happen, but that's at least a date for everybody to shoot for, which means as educators, as, as initial education services, we, we have to be accredited to do this. And somebody said, because they're talking about co-amps, 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 co-amps. And they said, it's just just a few pieces of paper. Well, one, I can tell, Eric, because it'll push back a little bit, and I clarified it. But I also can tell where from, I had to infer a whole lot of information, right? I had to figure out a whole lot of information for myself. One of which is, everybody who's talking about this accreditation immediately thinks paramedic. And yes, in the state of Georgia, they converted many years back to you have to be an accredited institution to teach paramedic. At COAMPS, I believe, is the Paramedic Accreditation Board, if I'm understanding this correctly. I might not be understanding that correctly, but I believe that's what I understand to be the case. So when then, then she says, uh, <clears throat> so if you just prepare for it, we got this time, we just move towards it. So... It's just a matter of a, a piece of paper. I went, I, I had to speak. I didn't even raise my hand. I had to go, it's not just a matter of a piece of paper. That's a $50,000 piece of paper. And that's where I'm having an issue. Everybody's thinking it's so easy. It's not. And somebody's like, well, it's not $50,000. There's only a few thousand. And I about, you know, put, you know, as I do, I went to push back. And, and I, I'm sorry. I think her name is Julie. Region three. No, not region three. Region six EMS director. She's the EJ of her region. I think it's six. And I, I am so sorry that I don't. I hope it's Julie, because if not, I'm really just way off base here on your name. But she she was better explaining it. She goes, you're right. It's not just a couple thousand piece of paper. The, it's the getting there. The heavy, it's the, I don't know why nobody wants to say it. You're not the one with the idea. You're not the one shoving the mandate down our throats. You're actually, now that you explained it better, you're actually helping us get ready because the federal level is going to shove it down our throats, right? It's going to say, you have to do this. And you're getting us prepared. You're saying, hey, it's coming. Here are some ideas. We're going to be working on things. Why will nobody say you have to be federally accredited first? Which is, that's what costs the 50 freaking grand, if not more. 
That's the heavy lifting. That's the thing you have to jump through all these freaking hoops to get. It's a f ton of work. You know, I wanted to say it, but I'm not going to say it. It's an f ton of work. It's a lot of work to get there and a lot of money. Why aren't you just being honest about that? Because it's not you doing it. It's like me telling the students, you have to get a flu shot. I don't believe in the flu shot. I don't believe in the freaking flu shot either. I think it's the dumbest piece of crap in the world. Tom disagrees with me, but that doesn't matter because I don't have to get the flu shot to work here. You have to get it because if you want to go to this service over here or that service there that we have these um, agreements with so you can get your hours that are state-mandated hours, you have to get it. I'm sorry. I wouldn't make you get it otherwise. I don't care if you get it or not. And that's what I'm saying is, is somebody else is saying you have to do this. So if you want to get here, if you want to teach advanced EMT sometime after 2025, the federal government says, or whoever is the authority, right? I may be misstating who the authority is here, but whoever is the authority is the one that is saying it. We're just relaying the message so that you'll be ready, and we want to help you get ready. I don't know why they're afraid to say that, but they didn't say it. She called it heavy lifting. Oh, it's the getting there, the heavy lifting. That's the, the, the hard part. Well, no crap. Once you have that, co-amps is just, oh, you've met all these, these special. Now we're just going to niche it. We're going to refine it. We're going to focus it just into A and paramedic. And, okay, here's a few little extra steps you got to do. Here's a few pieces of paper, and apparently a couple thousand dollars. Which honestly is not that much. I mean, I'm not talking for you, the EMT or paramedic, who a couple thousand dollars is is a couple months of bills, even possibly. Uh, I am talking about at the school level, but that is that is a clarification on it. It's not David Newton, although obviously he fully believes in it. He said EMT. He said the state's going to come up with his own standards. That was not mentioned in this at all, by the way. But he's like, oh, we're going to have accreditation level type standards, and you're going to have to do this for all programs and that. And I literally said, then why are you even bothering making us pay the money to somebody else? Why are you? And, and he didn't have an answer for that. Well, the answer is, one, if he makes it a state thing, that's just redundant and, and unnecessary, in my opinion. But secondly, it's coming from somewhere else. So if you're a school and you're listening to the sound of my voice, either through the show here or on the podcast, then you need to know a, a some kind of federal... Uh, uh, some kind of federal mandate is going to come down the road. Georgia state EMS office believes that we're going to be, it's going to be out of our hands are being the state of Georgia out of our hands. If you want to teach uh, advanced and or paramedic, you're going to have to have accreditation. So that's going. And uh, Vanessa just corrected me that uh, Kelly, Kelly is her name. Thank you, Vanessa, for that. I am talking about Kelly uh, and, and, that's like the only time I pushed back on anything. I mean, I asked some clarification questions. I had some discussions with some other instructors as we were all kind of clarifying things. Uh, but that was it. That was the only extra that I did was the accreditation. It's like, no, stop making it sound so easy. Let's, let's biggest problem with medicine. And as a whole, we're too damn scared to say what is, is right. Nurses don't want to tell you anything on their phone because, oh, I can't see you. And, I, and I'm making voices like I'm mocking it. It's by, I mean, I get it to a certain point, but at some point, it has to be, do you have a fever higher than 102 degrees? No. Do you have a temperature higher than 98 degrees? Yes. Are you of this age or what? No. You know, it has to, you can do algorithms that says, give the damn kids some Tylenol. 
Why do I have to come into your stupid Peter Tragic, Peter Tragic, Peter Tragic office? <laughs> Why do I have to come in? You know what I'm saying? Why are we so scared to say what is is? It is accreditation. It's probably going to be required, and and I say probably because you know in in government and in anything, uh, it, it it until it is, it isn't right. So, but but it probably will be required. So now let's help people get there. And I believe that's what they're starting on the road to do now is not, not necessarily David Newton. Because until, until he proves otherwise, my entire opinion of David Newton has been, I don't know anybody who knows you. I don't know anybody who's ever worked with you in the field as a medic, which isn't saying much. I've been out of the field for a little bit. So my, my, my two things that I gauge people by is, can I ask my friends, have they worked with you in the field and what you're like as a medic? And secondly, I spent eight hours with you and you came off as somebody who did not care and somebody who just wanted to make their stamp. I am the new director of stamp. Throw it down on the table. You know, I don't call it stamp when I'm not on the air, but you know what I'm talking about. Throw it right down on the table and left the mark. And that's what it came off as. So please come on my show, David. Come and sit across from me or beside me here. You know, and, and talk to me about what you want to do with EMS. Why you think you're going to be a good director? Because right now, from what I understand, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people like David. David, yeah, that's right. I'm sure there are. I'm not hearing from them. The people I'm hearing from are the ones going, "Holy crap!" That that day in Savannah on Friday, that wasn't there. We we heard from a lot of people like, man, they came out mad. They it, just like Tom and I came out mad. And not understanding everything, it felt confrontational on that Saturday day, right? But as they're going through, you know, EJ and Kelly and and other people are are really trying to smooth that out and explain it better. So now the terminology is proposed. Now the terminology is we're working on it. Yeah, you will be required down the line, but here's what the steps we're taking now. We're going to put in a, a system. Once we get you into the system, we're going to let you know. You're in the system, and here's how you're going to use it with your students. And then we'll come and do a workshop and all this other stuff. Here's what they're trying. I'll say one thing that was not explained very well in the first time in Savannah that was explained well Tuesday was that uh, they're trying to connect uh, reports together and give you, the medic, which is something I would have loved on the truck, patient outcome information, right? So the fire service gets on scene, and they have their own report, and then the ambulance gets on scene, and it has its own report. And those go into a system, they don't always go to the hospital. Like the fire report goes into its own system. Well, the ambulance, we leave a copy of the ER. Well, then that patient gets transported uh, by helicopter who has its own report. The hospital has its own report, right? You see where I'm going here. It's all these different reports that end up at the final hospital. And this Georgia or Gemsys Elite system is connecting them all together or the Gypsum system, rather, is connecting them all together so that that final hospital doesn't have to go through a stack of papers and hope that it all made it through. They get to type in the information, and boom, here's the fire report. Here's the EMS report. Here's the hospital one. Here's the helicopter. And then they put in their own reports, and then that comes back to the service provider. So me as a medic, I get to know when I saw them practically dead on the street, and I know that I kept them alive because I put a tube in their throat and I breathed for them and I kept everything stable until the helicopter could get there. And then that's the last I know. Now what they're working towards 
is at some point, hopefully in the near future, right? Because, you, you know, the longer it takes for somebody to get out of the hospital, the less likely the outcome is going to be positive. But now I get to find out what happened. Not deep. I don't imagine it's detailed reports of they went to surgery here and they did this, but patient outcome of they ended up uh, with this, this, and this fixable. Some of this wasn't fixable. Here's the loss. You know, patient outcomes. You know what you're doing means something. You're a part of a system, yet we've always been isolated as medics. Anyway, that's part of what's going on. Uh, the bigger, other big thing I talked about degrees, right? It absolutely came off from David Newton that he wants paramedics to have degrees. And boom, my arm went up in Savannah. And boom, I'm like, why? Why would you require degrees from paramedics when nobody pays for it? And there's an argument about that, right? No. So this is where I got called out. This is where I got called out a little bit. Uh, where's my button? There's my button. Uh, <laughs> so Kelly says, uh, we will not be requiring paramedics to have degrees for anyone. They got to the side. She goes, she was very clear. Did you hear about the national standards that came out? Did you read them? And boom, she talked about uh, the accreditation. Did you hear about the national standards? Did you read them? She talked about adding skills. Boom. Did you hear about the national standards? Because the national standards recommends continuing to educate yourself to get higher level of education, higher degrees. But let me be clear. We are not requiring nor in the near future will, because they're never going to say never. Right. But we're, we, there's no plans to require paramedics to have a degree. Let me be this. I'm just quoting her. Let me be very clear. Some of you have said she didn't look at me. So I don't know if she's calling me out. I don't mind. I absolutely said it. Tom and I sat here on the show and said it because that's exactly what we heard from David Newton. And we challenged him right there in the room. But she, but I'm but she's we're fair. We are fair here on EMS Underground. That is my ultimate thing is I want to give everybody to give the answers. I'm going to ask the questions. You bring the answers. And if I don't have answers, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. But I'll let you sit here and tell your side. Even if we disagree, I'll let you tell us your side of the story. And if I go to something like this update and I hear changes, I'm going to come back and tell you what those changes are. And this one was, she said, let me be clear. Some of you said we're requiring paramedic. We are not requiring paramedic degrees at all. We are recommending and trying to make it open and, and trying to work with the institutions that be that will make it easier for paramedics to go on and get bachelor's degrees or master's degrees without leaving the field, without going on to be a nurse practitioner or a PA or something that leaves the field of EMS. Is it, you know, and it's like, no, fair enough. Fair enough that you're clarifying that. And I didn't raise my hand. I didn't start. I was like, no, but that was me. I was absolutely one of those people who came out of there saying that because that's exactly how it felt. That's exactly what it sounded like. So, no. Now, some Vandora uh, who sat down there with David Briscoe, she raised her hands like, but what's the incentive to get a degree? Because as a paramedic with National Registry, I get paid the same rate as a paramedic with a degree. And, and Kelly's honest answer was, well, as a state, we are not requiring a degree, so there's no incentives that we can give. Now, hopefully... The state will help find grants or funding to give to businesses or to give to those paramedics to say, hey, you want to improve yourself? Here's a grant that we found that we did the heavy lifting. We wrote the, the big-ass grant paper you have to write to get it to, to uh, 
help you get this money, basically pay you to go to school. Okay. Or maybe, uh, may honestly, we got to take a look at reimbursement. We have to, we have to get medicine paid for equally. And you know, this, this, this BS of ALS gets paid one flat fee, uh, for reimbursement, uh, or, you know, 40% all this crap. It's, it's, we have to get more money into EMS for then it to matter. Right. We have to make the money is what talks. So that's a whole nother conversation. I'm going to digress. Cause I want to talk about the rest of this update, but that is another conversation that I'd love to have with a whole bunch of people. Whoever wants to come on, hit me up. Charles at G A I E M S.com. Let me know. You want to come on and talk about insurance and how we can fix it or how we can encourage places to pay better because medics, it should be like nurses and doctors, right? You should have a reason to get more initials behind your name or more education because you're going to earn more money because it's going to matter to the people who are paying the money in. Because you ask somebody who's daddy, because you, if you ask the person who had it, you know, I don't know what kind of answer you'll get. But if you go, your daddy had a heart attack, would you rather have a paramedic who went to, who has a baseline education and did a great job? Don't get me wrong. Not knocking them, but would you rather have the baseline education person show up or the person who has all this extra education and this better understanding of how the heart works and just knows more because they spent more time and money and energy in school to help your father and, and save their life? The answer is always going to be give me more. Now, if you ask that same person, would you pay more for that? The answer might be, uh, no, give me the dollar store medic. <laughs> and I'm the dollar store medic. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely was the dollar store medic, man. Six months and 60 freaking clinical hours. I look back and go, how the hell did I not kill a million people in my first year of being a medic? You know, I had very little education time and very little experience uh, clinical-wise. Now, I I'd spent two and a half, three years in the field before I was a medic. But, yeah, I'm a dollar store medic. So when I call it that, that's me, right? Um Incentive has to be there. Otherwise, why? Why bother? For the sake of knowledge? Pfft. Yeah, there's Tom, man. Tom's out there. He loves stuff for the sake of knowledge. Not me. Uh, I'm a mechanic. I, I want to go in, know how to. Here's the problem. A, B, C. I fixed it. And if A is just transport, boom, I'll transport. I'm not egotistical that way. I don't have to be a ditch doctor. But by God, I want to fix the problem. Whatever I have to do to do that. I don't need knowledge for knowledge's sake. Anyway. They're not going to be required at all. Uh, They're not going to require associate's degrees or any degrees. It's just a recommendation as far as better education. Okay. Uh, Then we talked about instructors are not being prepared how to teach. And that's becoming a big obvious thing in in the zeitgeist of EMS, the, the social understanding of what we do inside of our own industry. It's, I mean, we've all heard the term death by PowerPoint and I hate it. And uh, the state is very aware and they want to do more about that. And I actually got to sit in on a discussion about that today. Uh, I'm not going to say much about that because it's just a discussion and I'm, I'm hoping to be a big part of that discussion and help uh, instruct instructors. Basically let's, let's bring better teaching to the table and let's get more on the same page of how we teach so that let's be real. We're competitors. Absolutely. We're all sitting in that room. We're all essentially competitors to each other. Uh, two private schools were there, Faithful Guardian and myself being uh, Georgia Institute of EMS. Uh, we had a couple of fire uh, play, uh, fire 
uh, chiefs and educators that when they hire you to be a firefighter, they put you through your own school. That's a bit of a competitor, right? If I want to be a firefighter and you want me to EMT, but you'll pay me to do that, why wouldn't I go there instead of pay Georgia Institute of EMS? So we're all competitive. That competition should be on how we connect with those students before they come into the school. It never should be what we're teaching and how we're teaching in the school. We should be very similar in those styles. Now, we might offer different ways to do it, so on and so forth. Um, I heard something that Faithful Guardian did that I thought was kind of cool, but uh, uh, not going to steal it because we already kind of do something similar. But they were open about it. With my patch sitting right they know who I am. I mean, they see the patch, right? My patch sitting right here. Uh, it says Georgia Institute of EMS. But they openly said, this is this is one thing we do. And and the state facilitated this conversation. And the state is going to facilitate more of these conversations. That's a big thing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, and then we got clarification. So anybody's ever asked, anybody's ever asked, man, if I get a bag valve mask on the job, can I count it as my clinical ride? One of the very clear things they said, because David Briscoe asked that. I think somebody else was asking clarification on that. Here's the final clarification that I got uh, that was given rather at this update about how you have to be a clinical student. There has to be two state-mandated employees on that ambulance, service providers, uh, healthcare providers is what I'm trying to say. On there, you have to be a third. You cannot be one of the two state-mandated healthcare providers on that vehicle for it to count as a clinical, which absolutely means the FTO I rode with at AMR, who was letting his par his partner, who was going to paramedic school, document everything like it was a clinical ride, absolutely 100% illegal and out. And I now that I know that, I wish I'd reported him because it was a bad day for me. I had to fight. I had to blatantly fight to get no. I'm here as the official student. I'm going to seek these IVs. I'm going to do what I need to do to get stuff done, period. And I just disagreed fully that as a partner, as an advanced partner, that she was not just, I mean, fine. I practiced under the guide of my paramedic when I was in the field. He said, okay, I've got your back, but I'm going to let you go in and, and take lead on this call and tell me what you need. And I'm not going to let you fail. I'm not going to let you hurt the patient. I get that. But none of those hours counted for me. And she was sitting there just documenting away like she wrote a third ride. And God, that chapped my ass. And I found out you cannot do that. Now, here's the flip side. Let's say you're riding the fire truck and you're, an, you're a student. And you're on the call and the ambulance crew comes in and you ride in with them. You can count that as long as you have a clinical agreement. You know, all the other stuff has to be in place, right? It has to be a... It has to be an approved preceptor by your school. It has to be a clinical agreement with that place. But the easy solution is, right, Gwinnett Fire, all in one. You're a firefighter. You're, you're going to advanced school, whatever. You can write in. It can count. You can, you can be paid. So it's not about getting paid or not paid. The state does not care if you get paid during your clinicals. They care if you're one of the mandated required crew on that ambulance provider. So there's that answer. So that was... That we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll get into the Region Three EMS meeting. That was very, very interesting, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So here's my quick plug for Patreon. If you're on Patreon.com forward slash nine one one studios, I can even put that on the screen right now. Patreon.com forward slash nine one one studios. You're not even hearing this part of the show because I cut this out. 
There's no ads on the Patreon version. So go to patreon.com. Little as a dollar a month to help support what we're doing. You know, I, I went out and I did three hours of coverage on this meeting today. I did eight hours of coverage on this update. Uh, I didn't need to go through the update. I already had it. So it helps cover expenses and, and those kind of things. It helps get you the information you want. I've already talked to a whole bunch of people. Chief Fulham has said he'll be on the show from DeKalb County. I talked to uh, um, uh, some other chiefs today. And uh, the new, the new, um, oh, I'm bad with names. The new head, uh, the chair, the new chair of the EMS uh, Region Three Council, and quite possibly because you know I'm gonna give him some, uh, some, some time to breathe. Right? Uh, I just want to name now. It's killing me. I know. I put it in my notes. Rich Elliott, Chief Elliott. Uh, you know he's he's tentatively agreed to talk with me. So. To be able to go and, and meet with them where they need to meet, make those things happen during the day. Your support matters. It helps us grow. It helps you get the information you're looking for. So, patreon.com forward slash 911 studios. And another way you can help, of course, is by listening to this ad. So, here you go. For you, the listeners and viewers of EMS Underground, you can get $50 off on your order of Grasshopper. Now, some of the features, man, we talked about it before, Tom. It rolls right to your cell phone. So nobody ever has to have your cell phone number. Nobody has to have your private information. And you don't have to have any extra equipment. No, no extra anything. It's an app on the computer. It's an app on your phone. You tell it to roll it to your phone number. Boom, it comes up with your business's name and number. When you call the client back, it comes up with that number. It's perfect. It's easy. We use it here at Georgia Institute of EMS. So... If you're one of those side hustle people like I always was, and you're trying that business out, get Grasshopper. Go to trygrasshopper.com forward slash EMS underground for your $50 off on your order. And it's a little as $12 a month. I want to say I'm, I'm flipping through my little papers just to verify that here. But yeah, plans start at $12 a month. So to save $50 on your order, go to trygrasshopper.com forward slash EMS Underground, and there you go. It'll be awesome. So we hope you do that, help you out, help us out, all good stuff. All righty then. So most of the meeting at uh, the, the EMS Region 3 Council today was standard reporting, like I said before. So it's into your stuff. We talked about, you know, I mentioned earlier, we talked about grants and those kind of things, that kind of stuff. And we got to the two reviews. Actually, I forgot about one. I forgot about the South Fulton Grady review. Uh, I was looking for the DeKalb one as I have a, a vested interest in, in seeing what's going on there. So we get to the South Fulton review. John Hansen from Grady, who I want to say is the, the – he was a VP or something. He's a higher up at Grady, right? And Joe Bearswain, I think I wrote down. I don't think I wrote that right. Uh, sometimes I'll correct. I'm typing fast. I don't know shorthand. So I'm typing very fast, right? And, and trying to get this information written down. Uh, but Joe was the representative from South Fulton on the Grady side. And then the Grady Hospital uh, executive was there. And before they even stood up to present, uh, I did not catch Pete's name. These names go by so fast. Uh, but Pete is what they kept calling him. Uh, when they said it's time for the Grady review, Pete apparently had been on the the zoning commission when South Fulton requested uh, EMS region three to look at replacing the provider, which was AMR at the time. Um, 
And so he started out with, hey, it's been over. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, right? I'm not mocking him. I'm not making him trying to make him sound idiotic. Any Here's the disclaimer. Anything that sounds idiotic is coming out of my mouth. Okay, right now. But he says, basically, my verbal shorthand is, hey, it's been over a year uh, since we've done this. We've been having to do reports all the time. And immediately I'm going, I know RC Moyers at the last meeting is like, hey, when are we going to take Grady off the docket? This is feeling like you're in Grady's pocket. That's just the feeling I got immediately. Just the vibe, the energy was, you're trying to let Grady slide by here. That's Nothing he said blatantly made me feel that way. It's just that vibe. As soon as he started going, because he led with, before he said anything, before we got any kind of reporter presentation, he led with, it's been over a year now, and uh, I say if we get, I think he called it satisfactory, but if we get a, I, I say decent enough, right? That's the vibe I got. So I'm using the words decent enough. If we get a decent enough report that that we take him off the review, that they don't have to review it anymore. Uh, that, I mean, he just he spent a good two minutes on basically saying, let's let Grady off the hook. Let's let him not have to report to us anymore. And then he went, okay, now I'm going to turn it over to John Hansen and Joe. Again, I think it's Bear Swain, but that might have not written down correctly uh, to report. So John Hansen gets up there and he's talking about uh, how now they have one CAD. Before we had two different CAD systems. And we're trying for transparency. He used transparency, the word transparency a lot. He also used the word goal a lot. And goal is synonymous with nine minutes. Never once did the word nine minutes come out of his mouth. Not one time. In fact, they weren't even going to report response times until somebody asked. I'll talk, talk about that in a second. But he called it goal. And he, called, he kept saying we're working towards transparency and our goal. So they're having one CAD system. Now, I say Cody Fingers now because he says we have one CAD system and it'll be fully operational by maybe February 2020. Do you have one CAD system or not, man? That's got to hate CEOs and I hate political speak and corporate speak. It's such a dance. I know I'm being extra hard on this, but it's because I came up with so much BS around me in the EMS field of spin and this. No, let's call what is is. We are still working on it. It's, it's most integrated. Whatever the truth is, give me the truth. Stop sugarcoating it. Stop trying to make yourself look better. Just say, you freaking lied. You lied when you said you could do nine minutes and you still ain't there. So they talk about one cat system, how it's all going to be transparent. We'll be able to pull numbers easily. Da 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 da. Okay. Uh, but it, oh, he said finished by first quarter of 2020. So that's March at the latest, because January, February, March is the quarter, right? So uh, Grady believes that their goal, they said their goal. Somebody said, uh, uh, somebody, the first question after his little presentation was, uh, the, the question was, is your goal achievable? Yes. Or do you believe, do you believe your goal is achievable? I don't know who asked it. So I'm not going to drag anybody through the mud, but I was like, I almost wanted to scream at them. Of course they're going to say they believe it. They don't want to lose this county. Nobody who wants to hold on to it got it with a lie in the first place is going to say, no, we don't believe it's achievable. Well, then get the hell out is what they're going to say. You know, um, but they, so yes, Grady believes that nine minutes is achievable, but is a goal, and they had to admit it has not been hit yet. Somebody asked them, have you met your goal? And they had to say, no. We have not reached our goals yet. Now, here are the numbers. Other people started piping up on it because Pete was trying to run it. And I, honest, I don't know, Pete. I don't know you, Pete. I might like to get to know you. I don't know. But I'm telling you, my first impression, my vibe is you were on Team Grady. 
and you are trying to just let them dance and and use fancy little words like goal instead of saying nine minutes. You're you're letting them dance because other people start asking the hard questions like, what are your response times now? Here are the numbers. On average, for 911 call, emergency calls, right? not just 911, sorry, but for the priority calls, they are at 12 to 14 minutes average. AMR was at 13 minutes when they got kicked out of the county, and Grady swooped in and said they can do nine. Not one damn time. Now, yeah, you have outliers, because it's an average, right? You might have some outliers of, of shorter times in the city, but then you have much longer times in the rural areas that offset that. And they even said you have cities and you have rural areas and you have this average, so, yeah, they're a little bit faster and slower. But, no, they're not hitting it. They're not even hitting freaking AMR numbers. A year later, they're not hitting it. This is a problem to me. And that's what they had. And they said slight improvements over the months. And they're encouraged that there's been improvements and – no, we're. I, I'm glad they didn't. They did not get let off the hook. They will have to report indefinitely uh, until the the committee is satisfied. Uh, and they were asked specifically, "Are you measuring by cities or uh, individual cities or the area as a county?" And they said both. We're we're because each of the cities in South Fulton are wanting to know the information, and so we're we're measuring by cities and, and feeding it back to the fire chiefs and the powers that be. But we're also looking at the, the county as a whole. Also giving that information to those who need it. Uh, another question that was asked, are trucks being moved back and forth from Fulton County to South Fulton County? Or it was phrased from Atlanta or from Grady to South Fulton, but that's what they mean. Uh, and they said mutual, as well as mutual aid. So they kind of dodged it, but I felt like, I, I'm going to say, I felt like I believed them. I felt like I believed they weren't just sliding trucks back and forth, like, oh, I'll go cover this area right now. I, I don't know, but in that answer, it actually felt like a truth, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, one of those tabloid shows and the lie detector results are in and you're not the father, you know. Now I felt like it's the truth. I felt like you were being honest about that question of it's mutual aid. They have uh two different dispatch centers. So it's not just sliding trucks shadily across the lines of zones. So that's that's what they said. I, I did believe them. Um again, uh before emotion was even mentioned, somebody's like I would like to hear from the fire chiefs in South Fulton County and what their honest take on it is. Nobody was there. Nobody was there. So instantly said, well, I'm not comfortable even voting on anything until we hear from the fire chiefs. And whoever's involved in the politics of this, who have to provide this kind of service, what they have to say about your response times. Um, so since there are no fire chiefs present, uh, they started a motion, and then there was a second motion. So it got a little confusing for a second, but the two motions were this. First motion was uh, they need to review again at the next meeting, which would be February of 2020. They need to review. Uh, that got amended to they need to review indefinitely. In the middle of that, uh, Chief Elliott actually piped up and said, hey, it's been a year. I mean, he didn't. he didn't – go bulldog on them like I might have. And I don't know if I'm sitting at that table and I have the title chief on my shirt, which I don't, there's a reason I don't, I like being the loud mouth asshole that I am. But if I have, I might've phrased it more politically than I'm phrasing it here on the show. Uh, so I'm not dogging out chief Elliot at all, but he, he said, it felt like he was talking about, they're not meeting their numbers. So we need somebody to really look at it. The way he phrased it basically was at a year, 
of this going on and then doing reports and only getting not me. I think he may he may or may not have referenced the goal. I honestly don't want to put words in his mouth. But basically, do we need an ad hoc committee to review in depth and talk to everybody in depth in that county like we because Chief Elliott's on the one for DeKalb, like we do for DeKalb. And immediately Pete kind of said, Well, you know, if we're gonna do that, we why don't we put together the original zoning commission? And I went, I'm thinking personally, the hell you say, because you were on that commission, number one, and you gave it to Grady. Number two, everybody on that commission gave it to Grady. So, I mean, in, in fact, the words were put out there that there were unanimous letters uh, uh, from each of the cities and from the county government in South Fulton that they wanted to replace the provider. And uh, I actually messaged Terrence uh, from AMR about that. I said, was it unanimous that they wanted to kick you guys out? And he said, no, it wasn't unanimous. It was, it was, uh, uh, I forget what he said, but basically no, the answer was no. So the way they, it was phrased by Pete about being, unanimous, it, there's just misleading crap here that's bothering me. And so, no, I don't want you to be able to bulldog a committee into saying that everything's fine. If we're going to do this, we need to have new fresh bodies on it. And, uh, so that kind of went back and forth, as did the review. But here's what the ultimate landing point was. The, there will be an ad hoc committee of five people. Uh, they they had to avoid conflicts. Uh, doc, I, I didn't get every name, but here's what I wrote down. Dr. McDougal is going to be on that committee. Pete, who's now the vice chair of EMS Region 3 Council. Uh, Sue, who's a chief somewhere. I didn't quite catch where she's a chief. Carly, and then a name I missed. Right, and then everybody passed the motion. So basically, they now South Fulton has its own ad hoc council that is going their their direction is do it what this other council did in the cab, go in, get the numbers, get the what they fractals is what they call them, get the fractals, which is like the minute down to these numbers, whatever. Talk to the chiefs, talk to the the Grady, talk to everybody involved. Look at everything. You are supposed to be the impartial party to find out what's actually going on here. So that got done. And then the, the, the motion was passed to continue to review Grady and South Fulton indefinitely. So uh, that's, that's going until the council is satisfied with the providership. And, and the, the outgoing chair gave a, a, a good little speech about how we're not, it's not just about 911 numbers and response times. We have to look at the service of the county and are the people being served? Because that's what the Region 3 Council, that's heart is, are the people being served appropriately? And if not, can we make changes or do we make replacements? That's what they're looking at. So that happened. And I, 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 was, I, was, I was still upset that nobody's saying, hey, wait a minute, we gave you the contract for this or the, 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 whatever we gave you the power to run EMS in this County. And you're just now a year later to your competitor who was booted out. You're just now to their numbers and you're not giving us a clear pan on this promise of nine minutes. Yet you believe it's achievable. No. Uh, why are we not calling BS BS? Uh, mm. So then we move on to the cab County review. So the ad hoc council turned over their time to the attorney, Vivian. I didn't catch her last name. It's a little hard to hear in that room where I was sitting. Uh, but Vivian, who is the lawyer for DeKalb County, because uh, she they'd had an ad hoc council meeting before this meeting today. 
and she had prevented, presented information, so they yielded their time to her to present it. And she talked about how the re- request for proposal is still under review, right? They supposedly were supposed to be done in the spring. This is what Councilman Terry Nall kept bitching about was they keep, they keep kicking the can down the road. Well, that's how politics work, Terry. And I'm sorry you built your whole damn platform on the fact that you were going to rail EMS and get done with its own EMS, and that failed, so then you didn't get voted to be mayor of Dunwoody. Sorry, dude. You got you lost. That's You shouldn't have built a platform on coming at us, bro. You should have done it differently. Uh, and, yeah, that's how I see it, and that's where I stand. Anyway, uh, she said there's been some uh, – it's still in process. She can't discuss all the issues legally. Um, that's why they sent the lawyer right to say, you know, we, there's I can say is that in the process of re, of taking the proposals and reviewing it, some business and legal issues have arisen, but evaluation is close to being done. The con the contract extension with AMR will terminate on December 31st of this year, so 19 or 2019. She does not anticipate, or she does anticipate decisions will be, will be made before the termination and does not anticipate any need to extend that current contract, right? That doesn't mean AMR is out. That's very specific language saying this contract extension that is just rolling, rolling, rolling over uh, will not be rolling anymore. It'll be an official, this is the proposal that we want to accept. This is what we're going to go forward to. i not exact. Now, here's where I'm unclear. Is it is the Cab County... Uh, sovereign and they get to pick their own EMFs and, and what's done is done and they just report it to the council and the council goes okay or do they have to bring it to the council for approval I, I didn't even think to ask that question when I was talking to people today it just popped in my mind now so I don't know but essentially the next meeting is not until February so they believe the Cab County officially has stated they believe they'll have everything resolved before the contract terminates at December 31st and that that specific contract will not need to be extended they did not give any hints of to what they're going to do or any kind of decisions that they might be considering making then chief fulham was asked to give a report and he talked about here and he brought copies of the numbers for everybody on the council here's the new numbers here's this and that and the other uh and, and did a basic one uh which is that uh <laughs> this is right after keep in mind this is right after south fulton had a report that grady is only doing 12 to 14 minute response times at their fastest. That ALS average for the entire county, the average of ALS calls is 9.36 minutes. I was like, oh, oh, nobody else is clapping for that? Okay. Are you serious? Are you serious that we're not clapping for that? The complaint that idiot Councilman Nall brought was, oh, this family had to wait for 30 minutes for an ambulance. F off, man. They, the firefighters were there. F off. Secondly, the average that they were bringing to the table, I believe that we talked about, was 16 to 18 minutes response time. Because I remember looking up uh, Cobb County's numbers and Gwinnett County's numbers to compare them. And but it was a little high. So let's say 16 to 18 minutes was their average then. Now it is nine minutes and 36 seconds, and we're not going to address that. We're not going to acknowledge, good job, AMR, good job, DeKalb County, for being able to make those changes and serve your public. Good job. Nobody oh, nobody said that. BLS calls, which is a non-emergent, you know, it's been determined, yeah, you call 911, 
but it's a stub toe type of deal, right? 11.33 minutes. So still, BLS is under the fastest freaking time that Grady is providing in South Fulton. And the cab is way larger in South Fulton. I'm just saying. Uh, that's all county. He specified that is all county. Additional units were posted in Dunwoody since the last uh, meeting. And uh, one additional unit. So Dunwoody has, I think, three dedicated or two dedicated and one during the day just for Dunwoody City area. But an additional unit has been added to that area. And it, it posts at an intersection during peak hours. Basically, so they've put more response up in Dunwoody, even though it's beyond what they promised to do. They've done beyond. They being DeKalb. So I don't know if it's a DeKalb response unit or if it's AMR. I'm not sure who's fulfilling that. I just know that another unit's been put up there. Currently, they have five rapid response units that are doing really, really well. Uh, they got permission. They got uh, clearance from the county to hire 20 paramedic-only staff. With the goal, to, they have two transport units right now that are back up in busy areas that have paramedics and EMTs. Those two units are going to go to paramedic only, and they're looking to add more units to transport in other areas that will be paramedic only as well. And that's the, that's it's becoming this hybrid, and that's something they talked about. We'll get to that in a second. But it's becoming this hybrid system that might be one of the first in the nation that is county and private combined. Right, not side by side, but actually flowing and working together. Uh, they didn't really elaborate, right? But that's what it sounds like it's getting to, and they did mention that. They're also studying the hospitals, not just in their county, but in the area that get transported to very in-depthly, with Chief Fulham's quote, that they've gotten a lot of in-depth details about these hospitals. Uh, and the term, And I'm inferring now the turnaround times, why uh, ambulances are getting hung up, what can the counties do to help with that? You know, those kind of things. So they, they are actually looking at that as well, which I was impressed by. Then uh, they were asked direct. So Pete, Vice Chair Pete, he's now Vice Chair. I don't think he, I don't know if he's Vice Chair before, but he's, he's now Vice Chair. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Pete starts saying, uh, uh, and at first, just because of the Grady thing, I just was like, Pete, but I listened to him. And he just sounded like he's getting clarification on what's going on. And he's like, uh, what are response? Uh, what are the response times of fire? Uh, no, no. When is when is response time calculated? Is it when nine one one calls? Is it when uh, they're behind the seat of the truck? So he very much asked that. And and what is the rapid response times right now? The rapid response vehicles on average are at six minutes and fifty nine seconds. So three minutes before the ambulance is the rapid response, and they're paramedics and EMTs on there. They just don't transport. So you're getting ALS response in six minutes from fire and then another additional three minutes for the transport unit to come in, okay, on on, on average. Uh, and ra- he was like, what's going on with the rapid response? Uh, are they static? Are they fluid? He goes, no, they're static at those stations, and they are 24-hour trucks. Uh, these 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 four, I think they're a crew cab, Ford uh, F-250, F-350 crew cabs with a modified back with tools and stuff on them. Um, so they're static and they are 24 hours transport. These transport units are static and fluid. So he said they'll be both, uh, but they're also 24 hour trucks. Um, they'll augment private services, basically moving to a hybrid contract service as opposed to contract only as it's been during this last five year run of AM war. So that's, that was, uh, so at first I thought Pete was kind of being antagonistic, 
but it really was some good clarifying questions. So, Pete, if you watch this, I thought they were good questions. At first, I was just like, but you know, once I actually, I try to be fair. I try to, even though if I judge, I want to see, is my judgment standing up or is what is actually being said, if I can hear it with clear ears, is it good? And the questions asked were fine. These were fine questions. Are these static? And it really good answers from Chief Fulham. Uh, so then the very final piece of business was the nominating committee. And this is where I lost some of the names. Uh, but we got some new staff. I don't know if some of these people have positions already. But there's a new chair. And that is Chief Rich Elliott. And, and that's who has led the DeCab ad hoc uh, committee. That's who I thought has done a really good job with the DeCab committee. Uh, and the situation in the cabin. And, and he, when I talked to him personally today, he said, no, no. And he said it publicly as well. That's not us. We really just kind of facilitated. That's all Chief Fulham. That's all AMR. That's all of them working together. And really, you know, the fire, the cap fire, um, really, really going in and seeing what they needed to do. That's on them. Uh, but he's going to be the new chair. And I'm happy with that right now. I want to see what he does because he's not afraid to, challenge things he doesn't like oh that's one last let me jump back sorry let me jump back to lms which is the license management system for georgia at one of the the at the previous meeting chief elliot was the one to ask if somebody gets investigated right and they're working at three different services or two different services and they get investigated and something happens they get penalized are we going to get notified and ej said at that time i don't know i have no control over that uh, I know if you call my office, I can't just tell you that right now. There's legal things, whatever. The update is yes. Yes. For the services of that person. So if I'm working for Tom EMS service and I'm working for AMR and then maybe I pull, pull some part-time at Ameripro, I'm registered at all three of those services was working. And then I do something under Tom's watch and I get investigated by the state. Maybe I get fined or I get suspended for three months or whatever, you know, whatever it is. That goes into the LMS system, and those three services, three services can look it up and see it, but they will get notified. Charles McFall was investigated. Here's what this is what we found. This was the punishment. She goes, you might not see the actual fine amount or something, but you'll be no, you'll know if it's suspended or fined or something like that. So that's an update. I, I forgot to mention that earlier because it reminded us Chief Elliott was the one who brought that up, saying. We really should be notified. I mean, at uh, Clayton County, they have, I think he said they had a 1,000 employees or something like that, that they're having to maintain their numbers and this and that and other. And they don't have time to go looking up each one of them all the time, even once a week, to see if they're suspended or not, you know, that kind of thing. So that was a good update. Uh, how big is AMR? This big. I don't know. Thanks for setting me up for the joke there, Danny. Uh, how big is AMR? At their peak time, Right now, they're running. John Jenkins, if you're still in, maybe you can answer that a little bit better. John works with AMR over there. But if I remember correctly, they're working 40 to 42 trucks at peak on the street at any given time. Uh, so it definitely goes up and down. I think at the lowest point, it's 32 trucks. So they're launching. They're doing shift changes, basically one truck every hour. Uh, and sometimes more than that, obviously. But every hour is having some kind of shift change. Uh, now, if you're just talking about AMR and DeKalb, uh, there's that. Uh, Terrence, when he was here last on the show, uh, we were talking after, and he said in the state of Georgia, because they have some other areas they service as well, I want to say AMR has 900 employees in the state of Georgia. 
but they're also part of global. So I mean, that's a that's an interesting question, Danny. But uh, and and hopefully that hopefully what information I give you there helps you understand it. But the nominating committee. So the new chair starting in 2020 is going to be Chief Elliott. The vice chair is going to be Pete. And I'm sorry, Pete. I'm not trying to be rude. I really did not catch your last name. And I was trying to catch uh, EJ to ask her some questions. And I tried to, I was ch- catching Chief Elliott to ask him some questions and Chief Fulham. So I just ran out of time to catch people to ask questions. Secretary is going to be Charles somebody. I didn't catch his last name at all. And then a poem. The parliamentarian, I did not even catch who that was going to be. Nobody wanted to run against anybody else because that's that's how it works. It's an election. So the nominating committee brings these people. And then uh, as this, this is who we nominate. But then anybody on the council can say, I would like to run for that. I don't know what the process would be because nobody indicated they want to run against any of these people for these seats. So then, of course, they, they motioned to pass it and then it passed unanimously. So that is it changes. Now, Danny, um, I'm not really sure what you're asking about is that national there because on a national level, AMR, they've got hundreds of thousands of employees. I mean, you got almost a grand in Georgia alone. They've got – and that's in two counties, I think, in Georgia. They've got counties in Florida. They, they're, they've got counties all over. I know out in California. So nationally, I'm going to guess AMR has got 100,000 employees Easy. Now, the Georgia reporting, if you're asking about that, it's just Georgia. Georgia, uh, Gemsis, uh, G-E-M-S-I-S dot org slash LMS, LMS being licensing management system. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a Georgia tracking that's going live. I mean, it's live now. They've been doing rollouts. Uh, new uh, certifications can go through there. As of January, recertifications will go there. Instructor stuff will go there. The uh, uh, new services will go there. I mean, all kind of stuff will be tracked through the system. And so, what I was talking about with that reporting is that's only in the state of Georgia. Now, when you apply for a new certification, one of the questions is: Have you ever? Do you currently hold a license uh, for this in another state? You know, EMS, uh, any level in another state, and um, that's so. They will check other states because they want to know. The state of Georgia wants to know if you've been suspended somewhere else for sure. But um, uh, the reporting will only be here in Georgia as far as where you work currently. But, yes, uh, AMR is in California. They are – okay, so just to give you a little heads up, then we'll wrap the show up here, Danny. Uh, AMR is part of GMR, Global Medical Response. They are the largest ambulance company, private ambulance company in the world now. Uh, they've been number one in the United States for a long time, and now they're number one in the world. So more than likely, I'm guessing you'll probably see AMR ambulances somewhere in every state in, in the U.S. Uh, so uh, there's that. All right, that's going to be it for today. So those two big things to update you on. Good stuff, some good stuff. Some stuff that I'm still questionable about, still uh, obviously railing this. But, you know, like I said, on EMS Underground, I ask the questions, and I really, truly want answers, and it's up to all of us to find those answers. If somebody's not giving them to us, let's go out and find find somebody who will give them to us. And that's why I'm, I'm aiming to have, in the new year, I'm aiming to have Chief Elliott on. I'm aiming to have Chief Fulham on. I've been trying to get uh, uh, Courtney Twilliger on. I was supposed to have him on this past week, and scheduling things happened and changed, and he, he wasn't able to come on uh, this week. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to talk to people. I want when he, I've already told EJ, EJ Daly, when you retire, uh, I want to do a three part series on you. I want to know your personal history of how you came up through EMS and why you did what you did. I want to know how your job worked. And that second part is going to be how your job worked as, as a region three director and the, the changes you saw and the good you did and, and what you wish you could have done. And then the third part is going to be the horror stories. Tell me all the crap you couldn't say when you were employed. I want to hear it all. And I actually saw her this, I saw her again today, but I saw her Tuesday and I said that to her and she just laughed. She didn't say yes or no. So we're going to see, but that's, that's one of my goals is to have people on who know what we're talking about. Also, uh, I want to make this more of a nationally based show. So if you're listening in another state, if you, and we've had people comment here that uh, uh, were, you know, in Indiana or New Jersey or California, they've commented here on Facebook. By all means, I, I think we actually did a show with somebody who is in New Jersey and comparing how EMS in Georgia works to how EMS works there where he was. Um, I want I want to do that. It's not just a here's where we are microcosm of what we talk about because the other shows that I do, the other episodes that I do is the life of EMS, stuff that 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 touches everybody across the board. And we want to talk about your issues. If you're in Colorado and your district, your region, whatever you call it there is having issues of any kind that you need somebody to talk to you about, that you need us to, I'll be more than happy to make some, I mean, they might not talk to me, they might not care, but I'll come up, hey, this is Charles from EMS Underground. I understand you're having some issues in this county. Uh, This is what I'm seeing reported. Would you care to let me ask you some questions and you can tell me your side of it. Help us understand what's going on. That is what I am here for. That is what EMS Underground is here for. So please uh, do that. Uh, And again, patreon.com forward slash 911 studios. You can help us out. Uh, you can help grow the show, uh, get us the ability to talk to more people. And by all means, the biggest thing you can do to help me out today is tell people about the show. It is a podcast, anchor.fm slash EMS Underground. Georgia Institute of EMS.com slash EMS Underground. Both of those are ways you can find the podcast version of this. Uh, and again, of course, through Patreon, you'll get the ad free of this where you don't have to hear me read the ad and talk about how you can support us this kind of thing because you will always already be supporting the show i appreciate you all go out there be safe but never ever ever be afraid to ask why ask what's going on get that information get that education and sometimes simply by asking we can actually change the world